Have you decided what you're going to do for March break? And you know what? For some reason, I think I've already asked you this question before, last year during March break because we were recording then too. That's crazy. What are you going to do for March break? Probably something I don't know. Well, probably something I don't know. Is that an actual endeavor or? Yep. No plans whatsoever. Like you don't want to go to camp or? Why would I go to a camp? We're in the middle of a pan- we're at the near end of a pandemic. Well, because actually where we live, uh, in just a little while, all the mask mandates are going to be lifted. Yay. Um, but then are people are going to see my face. Well, if you don't want to do, <clears throat> excuse me, if you don't want to do anything during it, you might be referred to as pusillanimous, which is the word of the day. What does that mean? Pusillanimous. It means showing a lack of courage uh, or determination. You, you call my bluff. I don't care. Okay. But do you want to know where that, what that word turned into? What did it turn into? Well, showing a lack of courage or determination and being timid, what would you call someone who is acting that way? A pussy? Pusillanimous is the word of the day. That what is are, hilarious. What do we have on the show for today? Um, Probably like some idioms. That's the purpose of the show. So, yes, I would hope so. What are we doing? What are you doing? Love on, is blind. And, break? and a drop in the bucket. A drop in the bucket and love is blind. Mm-hmm. Sounds very interesting. I'd like to know what love is blind means. Well, I guess you'll figure it out. I'm going to do kick at the can. And the grass is always greener on the other side. Is it though? Well, it is. Uh, it certainly can be, but we'll find out what it actually means or where it came from. We're also going to uh, showcase our pre-recorded uh, episode of our world famous, newly world famous game show. What word am I? That's insanity. With our special guest, Gareth Nock, who is one of the hosts of the podcast, Start Talking. And I had the fortunate, um, I was fortunate to have Gareth in the house and we actually recorded while he was in the house. I don't don't think that's true. No, it is true. Don't be so pusillanimous. Stop. Are you ready? Do you have anything else you'd like to add before we start the show? Um, Yeah, you're a doofus. All right, stand by. Here we go. Welcome to Why Do We Say That? Where we explain the meaning of the universe. Wait, that's not right. Where we explain the meaning of sayings we use every day, but we're just too lazy to Google. That's better. Here are your hosts, Scott and Liam Kelly. Welcome to Why Do We Say That? The show that answers the questions that you've always wanted your entire life about idioms and the etymology of those sayings, and frankly, why do we say that? Welcome to the show. My name is Scott. I'm one of your hosts, and this is my co-host, Liam, my son. Liam, say hello. I'll fight you. Liam, why don't you start first today? Um, I don't think I want to. You want me to go first? No. No, I do. All right, you go first. A, dro- a drop in the bucket. A drop in the bucket. Do tell, by Liam. Kelly. By Liam Kelly. <laughs> sounds like you're doing a poem or something. From the Bible. Isaiah forty fifteen King James Version. Okay. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isle and everything little Hold thing. On, he taketh up the isle. Is that a euphemism for something? I don't know. I'm, I'm not a, like a Jesus guy. <laughs> a drop in the bucket is the predecessor of a drop in the ocean, which means the same thing. I think we've done a drop in the ocean, haven't we? And is the first found in a piece from the Edinburgh Weekly Journal, July 1802. 
avoids the votes for the appointment of Bonaparte to be chief consul for life are like a drop in the ocean compared to uh, compared with the oregonate of population oh, of France. I'm sorry, oregonate? Yep. Do you want to spell that word? Nope. Wow! Do you want to tell us how to spell it, please? Because oregonate is not a word. A-G-G-R-E-G-8. Aggregate. It means a, a combination of two things. Or two or more things. That's so, amalgamation. Yeah, well, that's what an aggregate is, too. No. Is that it? Yep. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to come up with some other stuff before we get into our world-famous game show. What word am I? I'm Liam. Well, do you want to add anything else? Do you have any, you know, examples of sentences or anything like that? Um, that would be a big oh, no. I saved, I saved $100. That's a drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just a drop in the bucket considering how much money you do need. Oh, I'm going to throw a bucket at you. You're going to throw the bucket at me? Well, let's yep. do that next week. Wait, is that an idiot? I was just threatening you. Throw the book I was just threatening you. You don't have a book in front of you, so no, don't pick up that book. It's all piled neatly. Well, I'm going to do the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Have you ever have you ever used that phrase? Yep. And what do you think? It, what's the actual meaning of why we use it today? Because people are selfish and stupid. Hashtag. Mm. I'm sorry. Hashtag what? Mm. Yep. The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence expresses the idea that other people's situations always seem better than one's own. It's crazy. The proverb carries an implied warning that in reality, the grass is equally green on one's own side and that you should be satisfied with what you have. But why? If, if you're satisfied with what you have, then you'll never strive to be better. Well, it's more about the color green, you know, is is this color of envy. And that's why people are always envious of grass being greener on the other side, because they always want what they can't have instead of being satisfied with what they do have. Maybe don't be such a wuss. Well, let's look into the origin of the phrase. Why do we say the grass is greener on the other side of the fence? The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, or as it has been shortened, the grass is always greener is an early 20th century proverbial saying. However, there are variants of it which express exactly the same sentiment from the late 19th century. The earliest example of the proverb in the other side of the fence form that is now almost always used is from the U.S. newspaper, The Kansas Farmer, in February of 1917. Says who? The Kansas Farmer. Who's that? The author of that newspaper article from 1917. Man, he's a dumb man. Some people are never satisfied anywhere. The grass always looks a little greener on the other side of the fence. The notion of greener grass being a metaphor for the new experience had been in use for some time before this proverb was coined, as in the example from the New York Times in June of 1853. It bewitched your correspondent with a desire to see greener grass set afoot on fresher fields. Earlier variants exist both in the UK and in the United States of America, which are effectively the same phrase. As in this example from the Pennsylvania newspaper, the public press in August of 1897, the Klondike gold mines are wonderful, but probably not so wonderful as represented. Grass is always greener, you know, further away. The fact that the above example is a metaphorical usage, that is, one in which the subject is in minefields, rather than grass, suggests that the expression was already widespread in widespread use by 1897, 
uh, and maybe much earlier in origin. Fascinating stuff. Do you think aliens? Fascinating. Spock was an alien. Do you think aliens? Do I think aliens what? Yep. Do I think they exist? Carl Sagan said once that we would be ignorant to assume that we are alone in the universe. Who's Carl? Carl Sagan. Who's famous astronomer. He was like Neil deGrasse Tyson before Neil deGrasse Tyson was him. That's not true. Neil deGrasse Tyson has existed. Neil deGrasse Tyson actually copied his television show, Cosmos. No. Yeah, why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back from the break, we are going to do uh, Kick the Can. I'll kick your can. Liam is going to do Love is Blind. Plus, we're also going to play our world-famous game show, What Word Am I?, with our very special guest, Gareth Nock. Yes, it was pre-recorded. So we're not going to play it. Well, we are going to play it like the audience is going to experience it. Yeah, but I wasn't there. No, unfortunately, there was no... You made me go hang out with a bunch of 10-year-olds. There was no quippy phrases from you during this recording, so uh, I hope everybody still enjoys it. But let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A Little Bit de Todo is a podcast about a little bit of everything for curious minds of all ages. I'm Christina, and you can tune in every weekday to learn about things like Cinco de Mayo, Chihuahuas, and volcanoes in Latin America. Episodes are bite-sized, 10 minutes long or less, and always Latin American related. Subscribe and follow A Little Bit de Todo podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you have an idea for the show? Ever wondered where that phrase or word came from? Instead of looking it up online, send us a message on Instagram. I mean, it'll take longer, but boy, will you have fun. We might even mention you on the show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. What do you have on the rota next? Love is blind. Love is blind. Why are we blind to love? Is it something to do with the chemical reaction in the brain? This expression is first found in Chaucer's Merchant Tale, Chaucer, Cheshire, fourteen o five. For lure is blind, aladi, and may not see. It didn't. I'm, I'm sorry. What language was that? Was that like Latin? Or something? Scottish accent, but written down. Oh, it was. Uh, it was an old Scottish accent. I don't know. It's just written like that. For lau is who spells blind? B l y n d. Well, the letter I was not actually used for certain words so blind that's why y is considered a vowel sometimes you're wrong because is is right next to us i did exist okay well why don't we continue to to tell people and delight them with what love is blind is didn't at that stage become a commonly used phrase and isn't seen again in print until shakespeare took it up it became quite a favorite line of his and appears in several of his plays including two gentlemen and of verona henry v and this example of the merchant of venice that was a really good one i I like merchant of venice Uh, jessica Here, catch this casket. It's worth the pains, and I'm glad tis night. You do not look on me, for I am much ashamed of my exchange, but love is blind and lovers cannot see. I think it was a hit song in the 80s, too. The prettiest volleys that themselves commit, for if they could, Cupid himself would blush to see... Oh my god, I'm so bored of reading this line. Come on, Jessica. No, come on, Jessica. To be thus transformed to a boy. Oh. Well, they even, they even 
um, accepting accepting of that. Yeah, hell yeah. Good, good job, Shakespeare, for not being transphobic. Well done, Bill. Good job. What? William. Bill is short for William. So I said, well done, Bill. Uh, uh, yes, William. Short for William is Bill. No, it's or Will, Will or Liam. Or Bill. No. Modern day research supports the view that blindness of love is not just a figurative matter. A research study in 2004 by University College London found that feelings of love suppress the activity of areas around the brain that control critical thought. Of course, we should all take note of J. Mason Brewer's advice in Worser Days and Better Times, 1965, which is described as the collection of N-word humor. Oh, gosh, really? I don't make love by that garden gate, for love is blind, but the neighbors ain't. Okay. <laughs> was that supposed to be comical? Because it was kind of funny, like, don't do it in your garden because your neighbors will see so. it. I'm not going to laugh but because the dude just said N-G-N-E-G-R-O. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we'll leave that word out, but let's let's continue. What jerk face head. No, that's it. No, there's got to be more oh, that's than that. literally it. So it was Shakespeare that originally coined no, the phrase. No, before that, Shakespeare was like, "Oh, I like that." Shakespeare was very like profound with his writing. He definitely. He, I I like to call G, uh, Shakespeare the ultimate bang machine. He probably did all sorts of genders. Mm, yeah, so all of them. He was very open. Yep. yep. I think there was a lot of openness back then. I feel like his his thing just things. said free parking space. Oh, okay. He had a tattooed right on him. Maybe he could have been an astrobiologist, even though that doesn't exist. No, it didn't exist at the time. It exists now. No, it doesn't. I will smash your computer. A real job. As soon as we get Neil deGrasse Tyson on the show, I'm calling. I him. swear he's going to tell us. He's going to say, "No, it's not a real job." I'm, call- I'm going to Google Neil deGrasse Tyson's number. Yeah, like his number is going to be in Google. Can I go mm-hmm. now? I am going to do kick the can down the road or kick at the can. Are you ready? Why? Well, let's look at the word meaning. It means to avoid dealing with a problem to spo- or to postpone dealing with something in the hopes that it becomes someone else's problem. Uh, actually, this website I found it on has a couple of example sentences. I realize that the house needs to be painted, but we're going to move in a few years, so I'm kicking the can down the road. A lot of times it means procrastination as well. The phrase or kick the can. I'm pretty sure that it will kick the can down the road improvement only. Astrobiologists make more money than you. No, we already talked about that. They yes, don't. they do. You can't make money when you don't have it a real It's $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the origin of the phrase originally refers to a game that was played during the Great Depression. Uh, children didn't have access to many games and had to improvise and make their own. The game was much the same as hide-and-seek, except if someone managed to elude being caught and kicked the can... Everyone who had been caught was free to go. It is difficult to connect this game with the idea of postponing an event until it becomes someone else's problem. This is how the phrase is most often used in political circles. It is more plausible to believe that it relates to kicking a discarded can out of sight so that picking it up becomes someone else's problem. You're someone else's problem. Well, and it's also kick the can or kick at the can is something similar to it. Which, if you'll bear with me, I will uh, do kick at the can. 
I kick children. Live Googling, folks. Live Googling here. Um, I'm just looking here to see if kick at the, another kick at the cow, meaning another attempt, is in this example. In spite of our committee's previous failures to agree on this item, I'll take another kick at the can in drafting a proposal. Uh, which, uh, but you know what? It also it takes uh, another meaning with kicking the cat. Why would anyone want to kick a cat? Um, uh, sociopath. Probably. Yep. Uh, I, I think that this, this one specifically refers exclusively to Amer- the American children's game, Kicking the Can. Um, and actually, in 1983, in the 1983 movie, The Twilight Zone, Stephen King did an episode, an episode in quotes, called Kicking the Can. Uh, kicking the cat is also an idiom that I mentioned in its own right, usually used when one wants to express frustration. Uh, that meaning was so boring and unproductive that when I finally got home, I had to kick the cat. Why would anybody want to come home and then kick their cat? That just seems horrible. I know, that's ridiculous. So it's essentially that another kick at the can or kick the can are uh, pretty much similar used for describing a game that children used to play during the Great Depression because they had zilch. I have everything. You do. You have everything you've ever wanted. Well, that's good. Anything else you'd like to add before we head into our world-famous game show? What word am I? No. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have our pre-recorded version of What Word Am I? with our very special guest, Gareth Nock. We'll be right back. Guests of the show for Season 2 stay at the fabulous and historic Half a Nap Motel right in the heart of Scarborough. This is actually a real motel this time. They even have hourly rates. Welcome to the world-famous game show, What Word Am I? Here's your host, Scott. Sorry, still can't afford Wink Martindale. Good luck, contestants! Welcome to this week's episode of the world-famous game show, What Word Am I? We have a very special game, uh, game. We have a very special guest on the show this week. His name is Gareth Nock of the Nock Academy. Gareth, welcome to the world famous game show word. No, that's not it. What word am I? I I'm glad that you're so confident name world famous game show. I have no clue what here. our game show is. And I am so happy that you decided to come on. What word am I? I no choice. <laughs> Gareth, let me tell you how the show is going to be played. Okay, then. So you're going to get five words, and each word is going to progressively get more and more difficult. But as the words get more and more difficult, the points are going to go higher and higher. Are you ready for your first word? I am ready for my first word. Here we go. Here is your first word. The fermented juice of grapes made in many varieties such as red, white, sweet and dry. What word am I? That would be wine. A great answer, Gareth. An excellent answer. Well done, Gareth. 
That gives you one point. Are you ready for your two-point word? I am. Here is your two-point word. A closet with the shelves for dishes, cups, etc. What word am I? A kitchen cabinet? I'm sorry, Gareth. The word we were looking for was cupboard. Cupboard. Are you ready for... Gave you extra words. I should have got bonus points. Are you ready for your three-point word? Sure. Here it is. This is your three-point word. Word is... The lobby of a theater, hotel, or apartment house. What word am I? The lobby of a theater, hotel... Or apartment house. Boy, I... That is correct, Gareth. Congratulations. You now have three points. Well done. Are you now ready for your four-point word? Sure. Here comes your four-point word. A card game for two or sometimes three or four players a characteristic feature of which is the blank and which the object is to make counting combinations for points what word am I? poker I'm sorry Gareth the word we were looking for was cribbage cribbage but you still have a chance to pull ahead of our current champion, Sadie LeBlanc-Jones, who has a total of six points. Right now you have four, five, our biggest word. You may have an opportunity to be our current reigning champion. Are you ready for your final word? Yeah. Here is your final word. The definition is endowed with or characterized by a hearty joyous humor or a spirit of good fellowship what word am I I'm sorry Gareth the word we were looking for was jovial. But Gareth, I'll tell you one thing. Congratulations. You scored a total of four points, which is actually one of our highest scores this uh, season so far. You have officially qualified for our, what word am I, tournament of champions. Are you excited as I am? I am. Ready to come on a normal point because that was apparently good, but doesn't feel like it. Well, Gareth, thank you so much for appearing on the show. Just to let you know that the winner will receive a year's supply of Uncle Desi's cookies. Thank you so much. And we appreciate you being on the show, Gareth. And we will see you in the Tournament of Champions. This is where you say thanks. Bye.
Thanks. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Why Do We Say That? And as you probably can tell, Liam decided to leave the studio because he thought he was too cool for the Keanu Reeves watch and he was too cool to finish off the show. Oh, well, teenagers. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Why Do We Say That? We really appreciate it. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram. It's our only thing. We don't have a website. We don't have Facebook because we're just too darn busy. But we love putting out episodes and we love having you listen to the show. If you've got an idea for the show, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We've answered every single one and we answer quickly. So everyone, have a great evening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. We hoped you learned something today. Tell your friends about us and follow us on Instagram at Why Do We Say That for more great answers to life's mysteries. Again, sorry, not really. Just some fun stuff. Have a wonderful day, everyone.